This week we're joined by Casey and Brandon Snipes. They are cool, they are calm, they are collected. She owns and operates Trixie Vintage, and is a stylist, social media consultant, and marketing director. He is a musician, owner and operator of Four Birds Recording Studio, and a trainer at Battle Republic. Come to Dreamers Supply on December 14th to see Brandon do comedy. Yeah, I think whenever we first talked to you about it, you were saying that y'all could come on and talk about marriage mistakes. And I was like, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is that really what you want to do, dude? <laughs> doesn't sound smart for you. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> start with the kitchen things that happen in there <laughs> let's go room by room <laughs> room by room yeah yeah i think they say that's good once every eight years in your marriage you just go on a podcast and oh yeah yeah yell Very at each good. other yeah. 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 yeah yeah seven yeah. years taste buds eight years marriage yeah <laughs> that's awesome <sighs> let me introduce you ladies and gentlemen uh, you're about to hear from casey cochran snipes Hello. <laughs> what an intro. Yeah, that's, that's I don't know. I feel real like. Yeah. Is there anything else I'm supposed to I don't know. I don't know if I can live up to that. You made my name sound so. She is um, a wife. <laughs> a wife. Take it away, Casey. I'm Casey. I'm a wife. A wife. Um, yeah, that's all. That's all. Just me. Um, I'm from Northern Virginia originally, um, right outside of D.C. And um, my family transplanted to Alabama when I was in middle school um ended up in chattanooga for college which is where i met brandon we both played on covenant college's tennis team go scots go scots and um yeah we uh met started dating immediately and got married three years later so (laughs) i went to the i wouldn't call it a mistake but i would call it a misconception of my life i went to college and i was like i just kind of broken up with my high school boyfriend and i was like i'm not gonna date anyone i'm just gonna be so fun i'm just gonna make so many friends been my first at least year just like you know having just a great college experience. No boys. And then, then I met your boy walks in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I met Brandon literally hotcha, like three hotcha. weeks into school. And I was like, or I could definitely just date that guy for sure. And uh, it didn't take long. And that was, that was the beginning of the end. But yeah. Um, it's a weird way to phrase yeah. that. Beginning of the end of single Casey, of Casey Cochran. Then I became yeah. Casey Cochran Snipes. Yeah, the rebirth of the new you. Mm-hmm. That sounds better than the beginning and the end. Yeah, beginning yeah. and the end. Yeah, that's true. All right. Make it positive. That was a mistake. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, this marriage is a mistake. I'm just now realizing. You know, the eight year mark yeah. coming on the podcast. You know, podcasts are really good and or maybe bad depending on your where you're sitting. Um, but yeah, so I studied oil painting in college, which um, you could you could call that a mistake, but I think it was I think it was good. I haven't really done much oil painting since then, but um, but it got me into the artistic world and after after school ended up in retail once we moved to Birmingham and just kind of um, f- fell into different jobs and worked my way up to kind of being in a creative director, social media stylist roles that I really enjoy. So now I kind of kind of work for myself I do a lot, most half of my work life is kind of freelance styling for different people or companies um, I do some social media consulting and then um, the other half I am the marketing director for a stationary company called Dixie Designs that's a Birmingham company they've been around for about five years I think and um, it's a lot of fun so I do all of their 
styling for their um, different launches. Like we just spent a week and a half styling with nine hour days shooting all of our Christmas paper. Who yeah. Knew, you know, I didn't realize that you did that. Yeah. Bethany Bass is yes. one of my close friends and, and she's, she's a Dixie. Yeah. 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 So it's a so great, she talks about all yeah. the time and how much she loves it. It's an awesome company. Yeah. Um, the woman that owns it is, she started it. She's from Birmingham and she's just great to work for. She just is really chill and, um, but also really driven. She's a really interesting mixture of a uh, kind of like hyper-focused and really relaxed. And so yeah. it's a, it's a f- nice, yeah, especially in the world of, after being in the world of retail, she's a nice find. <laughs> and so I feel like, yeah, people are, people are interesting to work for in the, in the creative spectrum. And imagine. so I feel lucky to have landed somewhere that yeah, I really enjoy. Yeah. Good. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's me. I really like cats also. That's hey, the give other them, important Give them a thing little life update with our two cats. Oh, our, yeah, we have two cats, Minerva and Luna. Um, Big Harry Potter nerd over here. Harry Potter. I also <laughs> love Harry Potter. <laughs> cats, Harry Potter, that's... Yeah. yeah. Luna, we got as like a feral street cat when she was... She was like a teeny, tiny, tiny little cat, like fit in her hand. And so yeah. it's, all, it's been a long struggle to get her to be normal. <laughs> she's kind of neurotic, but she's funny. <laughs> and um, yeah, we got her the very first uh, Christmas that we got married. So we've had her for almost eight years. And yeah... Um, yeah. She's and getting a little crispy. She's a little. She's chubby. <laughs> she's getting crispy. In the joints. A little crunchy. She is getting a little crunchy in the joints. Yeah, so la- last week I had a crazy uh, experience where we woke up on Sunday morning and our cats were like in the other room howling at each other. And we were like, what is going like on? Like howling. Like 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 making this Sounding like alien noises. Noise. Yeah, it was wild. And so we run in there and they're both all puffed up, all fluffy. And they're, you can tell they're both really upset about something. We can't figure out what it is. But One of them's pooped on the floor next to them yeah <laughs> just painting the picture here <laughs> oh so so nice and um yeah so we get them apart and then our orange cat luna we realize that she's hurt she like can't move her back leg so she's like dragging herself around yeah. the room and we're both kind of like well i mean i was freaking out brandon calmly googles like who do we take the cat to brandon calmly googles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty accurate description of our relationship. I'm kind of freaking out. Brandon is calmly Googling. Um, <laughs> so we find an ER and take take our cat to the ER. I spend literally like the whole first half of the day at a cat hospital. And then they're like, you're going to have to take her to Auburn or Mississippi State. Legs still aren't moving. Oh, legs. And they were like, that's where the people are that will know about <laughs> your cat. Isn't I'm like, the state of Alabama's. Yeah, they don't know about cats, <laughs> I, don't know about I guess. Cats. <laughs> I'm like, the cat ER did not know about the cats. They, I needed uh, to go to Auburn. So I, my mom and I packed up our cat and went to Auburn. And we spent a night in Auburn. And, I mean, who knew? You could spend so much time in and money on the cat <laughs> yeah but, um, and, and we still don't know what's wrong with they her. were like we can give her a cat scan no pun intended MRI. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know but it'll be like two thousand dollars we were like um, if you want to find out let what? us yeah. sell our car really quick yeah, and then we'll so. get back to you <laughs> yeah so they were like or you could just take her home and you know hope so we, for the best hope for the best <laughs> so you drive to auburn to say take her home yeah, yeah. it was so great and so they actually all were so nice it was so uh funny to be at a hospital where all the doctors and nurses were like so caring and so nice mm-hmm. and like would over explain to you i was like man animal people are so much better than people <laughs> people yeah. i was like i want to when i'm sick i want to come here <laughs> like, they're so much nicer um but they were all super um super nice and super concerned and they, and they gave were, us a bunch you know, of meds to feed to the cat to feed to which has <laughs> which has been really like you know i think that's helped her personality a lot she did they She's were like she'll get now. kind of yeah, yeah she'll, she'll maybe be more sleepy <laughs> more affectionate she definitely has been yeah, yeah she, like yeah they gave her some like mushrooms she's very artistic now <laughs> i came in she was just painting 
had a ukulele. She's using the paints that you haven't touched in a while. Exactly. She was like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to use these. I've got some feelings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have one cat now that's like sequestered in a room in like this like makeshift kind of kennel thing. And I just go in there and sit with her sometimes and just try to, I don't know, I think she's getting better. We'll see. She started to put some pressure on the legs. That's good. For mm-hmm. anyone who's still a cat person that's with us in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, follow her recovery journey. Uh, we have a GoFundMe. <laughs> GoFundMe for Luna yeah. <laughs> to get our cat a cat scan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You also do Trixie? Oh, yeah. Hi. I also do. Uh, <laughs> yep. That, wow. That just, you know, I do Forget do that. that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where am I? Um, yeah, I also do Trixie. So I have <laughs> my own business that I forgot to mention. Um, yeah, so uh, it's... Uh, it's been in a, a new manifestation over the last couple months, but um, I ha- yeah, so I'm a vintage collector, so I find women's vintage clothes and um, had a store last year for a while, shared it with our friend Mallory, who owns Elements, um, and we were in Crestwood, kind of right by Seasick Records, and um, it was a really fun year. It was, uh, I've always, ever since I kind of started into the world of retail, wondered what it would be like to have my own retail space, and um, so I finally got to do it. It kind of like happened over like, kind of just like decided over a week like okay we're gonna do it okay I'm gonna do it let's do it and then I like about a month later we opened and um it was awesome it was such an interesting experience I learned a lot about myself like uh I don't really want to have a retail store (laughs) it was it was a really a lot of fun and I really enjoyed like meeting people and having like regular customers coming into my space was really fun you liked the creative element of getting to you know uh, like lay out the store. Yeah, everything. I really liked the design part and the act. The still love the the collecting part. Um, and I'm kind of was like, I'm gonna give myself about a year and just see if I like it. And you know, kind of like if I want to keep doing it. So I think I decided I love the the general um, framework of it. Like I still search for vintage stuff, but I've just moved back to kind of doing stuff either person to person or um, at the end of the month. I'm opening like a small kind of permanent section at Dreamer Supply, which is in Forest Park. Mm-hmm. And um, so that'll be a fun place to have kind of a, a little always there selection of stuff. And then just doing pop-up shops, which is really fun. So you kind of doing vintage is fun. You don't have to have a retail space. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, people like Manitou and Zoe's and Forest Park do it so well. And that's really fun. But I definitely enjoy kind of the flexibility and having your own store is not the word There's is not, not flexibility. flexibility. Yeah. No. And it probably was the most flexible version of having your own store because I shared a space with Mallory. So we would right. kind of split up the week. And But still, I was, it was it was a ton of fun. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited to kind of have a little freedom again? Yeah, a little freedom again mm-hmm. to hang out with my cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like they really need you right now. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I go where I'm needed. So, wait, but so who are you, oh, sir? Yeah. Who over here? Oh, yeah. To my right? Kind of Casey's hype man. <laughs> <laughs> I get her pumped up about life. Get her calmed down. Um, yes, my name is Brandon, and uh, I met Casey at college. I studied uh, biblical and theological studies. And so, uh, and teaching. Yeah, so that's kind of been my educational stuff. And then I played in a bunch of bands and pursued, like, just playing a lot of shows and writing music. Toss and turn. Oh, I've been turning all night. Toss and turn right. That's one thing that drew me to Covenant when I went to 
So like when Casey went to visit, it felt and looked like Hogwarts, and that was the selling point for her. It was. I was like, this is awesome. I'm and, yeah, and for me, it was like during preview weekend, they had these like a talent show of you know, student artists, and I was like, oh my gosh, I could come here and find people to be in bands with. Yeah. That was like a huge selling point to me. And Even so, though he was already in a band called Epic Romance. Epic Romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, the Sound of a Porcelain Heart was one of our songs. Mm. God. So angsty. Like, I feel very... Mid two thousands. Yeah, we kind of had a like, My Chemical Romance vibe. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Great band, by the way. I listened to them the other day working out and did epic a little more weight. Or epic romance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's we not, awesome, that's not public. <laughs> so yeah, I did that and then uh, yeah, taught some high school afterward, mm-hmm. and uh, really enjoyed that. I love teaching. Love, love, love teaching. Love um, kids of all ages. I'm trying to say this in the least creepy way possible. <laughs> oh, shapes and sizes. <laughs> Let the children come to me. Uh, Red and yellow, black and white. Dude, they are all precious in my sight. <laughs> Mostly. But that was fun. So, yeah, Social, taught that's all right. for six years. And then I coached a little volleyball and a little tennis along the way. Nice. Picked up some, uh, doing some uh, mixed martial arts after college. So I was like training MMA, learned a lot of boxing and jujitsu and stuff. And uh, even considered fighting and doing that. Yeah, kind he of had a fight on the on the books on the calendar. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was training really hard for a fight, and it's like I don't know how much you know about that that world or whatever, but similar to like wrestling, you have weight yeah. cuts. Mm-hmm. So you're training and you're you're getting down, and I had to drop like 15 pounds to hit this weight cut off, and mm. but I think I just probably overtrained because about uh, less than two weeks out, you know, I'm selling tickets at this point. It was going to be at the Zamora Shrine, mm-hmm. so you know, well attended event. And people were fired up. You know, the students at the high school were like, what? <laughs> and people that knew me growing up were like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be, is, this a, is this like a stunt to plug your new album or something? And I was like, no, I'm actually going to go try to fight someone. But, uh, yeah, I got like really sick leading up to Even it. Ended up getting the flu. Getting the flu. And I was laid out on the couch for like six days. And then it was like mental warfare because I'm going, okay, am I just being – I've got like a few days to try to bounce back. Mm-hmm. You know, am I just being weak in my mind? And I really don't feel 100% at all. You know, I've been, yeah, so that was pretty crazy. And after that, I was just like, you know, it's not worth being hurt all the time. And yeah. Yeah, got concussed a couple of times. So, Jeez. yeah, like one for one week, just duct taped the uh, the lights to my classroom just down. So <laughs> they're like, why are the lights off? I'm like, just not, not telling you. <laughs> it's a thing, okay? Yeah. So it just wasn't worth it. But I, but I enjoy teaching that stuff now. So I help out now at a, do some training at a um, Battle Republic boxing gym nice. in town. And uh, yeah, love working with kids, especially on the martial arts stuff. Yeah. So yeah, and then I uh, started a recording studio not too long ago. And I'm doing that more or less full time. And that's been really, really fun. So that's yeah. Awesome. The name of that is Four, four birds. birds. Yeah, Four Birds Studio. Yeah, man. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who who would have thought coming at college to, to Birmingham to self-sustaining businesses? Yeah, not me. I would have never thought I would have ended up back in Alabama. I was not a huge fan. <laughs> but Birmingham is great. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was strange moving from D.C. to Madison, Alabama. I went to Bob mm. Jones High School. and. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like the people were fine, but it was just like everyone was an engineer and yeah. it was like it's just so different. I was just not, mm. I don't know. It wasn't my place. And so I just, I thought for sure I'd be 
somewhere far away. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I think up, yeah. the hardest thing is like the football culture. You know, I'm just personally not a huge football fan. And part of that's like my high school didn't have a football team and my college didn't have a football team. So, you yeah. know, those are play and my family wasn't into it. So I think those three places where people get usually, for sure, you know, endeared to engendered to football or whatever. But so that, you know, makes me usually gravitate toward like females in, in group conversations because the guys are talking about <laughs> football. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, which is fine, uh, you know. So what did bring y'all back to Birmingham or to uh, Birmingham? My teaching job. Yeah, there's a job when we got out of school that was offered uh, to me. Yeah, we were either going to move. We were kind of going to move just wherever, wherever Brandon found a job. And so we thought for a while that was going to be Lexington, Kentucky. And then we were, my mom is from Birmingham and my grandparents still live here. And we were um, coming for Thanksgiving, I think, the year before Brandon found out where we were going to be, and we passed by Briarwood, which is such a, you know, it's like kind of the Christian high school in the South, and we were kind of like, oh, man, what if you were to Briarwood? Like, that would be crazy. And then that ended up being where he got the job offer, and so we decided, okay, we're moving to Birmingham. And so we found a random apartment in the Highland area and moved to Birmingham, and we ended up just really kind of like snuggling in. We really have enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll still go back and sub from time to time. Super fun. You know, mm-hmm. be in the classroom. Yeah, the I'll teach one day a week yeah. out at uh, Evangel, which is like a homeschool okay. co-op. Mm-hmm. So I'll go teach a like an elective world religions class out there, and so I have a good group of kids in that class. Yeah. So that's good. I still get to be in the classroom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun watching Brandon teach at Briarwood. We had a lot of friends that went to Briarwood, you know, in their high school years, and they were kind of like, "What? You're at Briarwood?" Because I mean, he was about. 30 years younger than most of the other teachers there mm. and you know so it was cool kind of watching them try to figure him out because he's not really he's not kind of the normal yeah. southern guy you know he just, yeah they're like roll tide he's like what and Which so I think you a know lot of this, <laughs> oh, not a lot but some of the students really appreciated you know that, yeah that i didn't because they're you know like maybe i don't know your, your brother how big he is into football not at all right so it's like you have <laughs> you have these kids who like it's a maybe, small portion yeah. but because that i feel like that school is pretty um <clears throat> sports is a big thing there yeah. and he tried he tried track and stuff but it just wasn't for him yeah so you know I have a like theater background and mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. and the musical side of things so I felt like I could really offer something to those kids yeah yeah the kids that were allowed to come downtown and would come to uh <laughs> they would come to some of his shows and you could just see on their faces they're like that's our bible teacher up there <laughs> <laughs> like, it was said, because yeah. Brandon kind of turns into a wild guy on the stage it's pretty awesome and uh depending on which of his bands he's playing with but he gets pretty animated i'm sure they were just like what is happening <laughs> yeah awesome. we uh human. we got asked to play <laughs> we got asked to play the Briarwood Spring Fling this past year. Whoa. So, that was fun. The students enjoyed that. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Haven't been asked back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's some awesome younger teachers there and older teachers that, that really connect with kids there. Yeah. yeah. But Brandon definitely had some moments in uh, Briarwood that I feel like would fit under the mistake the category. realm of this of this <laughs> podcast yeah you want me to share these things please or? i don't know okay um yeah you know i'm always like trying to find ways to reach students and to make their lives a little better and you know less insane or whatever but yeah i got in trouble a couple of times with the administration and it's all my fault. I mean, I was me doing just very dumb things and just <laughs> acting impulsively and not thinking through well, things these things. that seem like a great idea, but then you just realize like, oh, I'm yeah. the teacher. I probably shouldn't. Yeah. Have. So yeah. like I had a free period 
and I passed a few students in the hall. They had a study hall, so they had a free period. And I was like, man, hey, you guys hungry? Like, let's go down to uh, Freddy's. I'll, I'll pay. Let's get some chicken fingers and some milkshakes. I'll bring you back by the end. I went and asked their study hall peer, their teachers. She's like, yeah, that's fine. And so, you know, I, we go. We have a good time. I bring him back. Freddy's is also, like, so close. It's not like you're oh, going super very close. far. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. Close. one minute away. The next day, the principal came up and was like, um, Brandon, did you take students off campus without their parents' permission? <laughs> and I was instantly like, oh, my gosh. What is, yeah, that's the stupidest thing. I can't believe I did this. And he's like, he's like well, you know, it, you, know, no, you know, obviously we'll learn from this. Send, send me emails out. I'm, I'm happy to. So I sent emails out to all the parents said, hey, here's what happened. Because you know, some of those parents even had trackers on their kid's phone. And they're watching the beep, 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 move away yeah. from the school. And it's a different time than when I grew up. Yeah, like, right. that would have been awesome if I had teachers do that. But anyway, but one, you know, and all the parents were very like, hey, appreciate it. You know, just let us know next time. Except for one parent who came down to the school, knocked on the superintendent's office and said, you're going to fire this guy, right? Oh and she God. was, she was she like, was so I'm, you know, I'm, she was very, very angry. Um, and, you know, I was in my mind being very intentional about I've got a mixed group of guys and girls. It's not just one gender. Right. And, you know, everyone's staying where everyone can see everybody and trying to cover my bases. But just like, I just forget you got to be very careful, the legal side of things. And yeah, it was a rookie mistake. But the administration went to bat for me, which was very nice. Um, awesome. But yeah, I was like, oh, gosh, I got to really think through these things. It's so different. Like I think about stuff that I did in high school and like I went in my youth group. I was really close with my youth pastor mm. and we, I went over to his house and he was married, but, um, went over to his house and spent the night with, you know, a group of guys and girls all the time. And they picked me up and they took me places. And like, I didn't even think about that kind of stuff. And yeah. it, for me, it was really intentional and maybe it's different because it was a teacher mm-hmm. versus a youth pastor. But at the same time, I feel like it kind yeah. of falls in the same category. In, in my mind it did. And so that's one of the things that when I, the administration had a very serious talk with me, it was like, you can't think of yourself like that. You have to think of yourself yeah. almost as like a high profile pastor of a church or something like that. Huh. You know, you have to rethink the way you, you know, and especially at a place like Briarwood, you're yeah. in the limelight. Uh, you've got to be very, you know, so that was, that was difficult because I'm the same. Like I grew up in that kind of youth uh, group scenario where I, I was like, man, yes, like hanging out and fun. I loved it. Yeah. And it, it just stinks that you do have some really like crappy people out there that have really hurt yeah. kids. And so yeah. I understand. And, and parents have been really hurt. And for them, you know, their kids, some of them, that's all they got. And I get it. But so but it stinks that the you don't get the benefit of a doubt. anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that today the world is so hyper aware of everything. Like you said, yeah. parents have trackers on their phones. Like, I mean, I know my mom had one of my brothers. Like it just, it's such a different world. Mm. Like I used to have to like find a phone to call and say, Hey, I arrived at this place and that was it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, they know exactly where everyone is at all times. And they're so scared that something's going to happen. But in reality, like, if you have that much security around it, the likelihood of something happening is far totally. less. Totally. But the fear is far greater. Yeah. Everyone's so scared that something's going to happen and someone's going to kidnap somebody or someone's going to, it's just like you're in my mind, you're, you're creating that fear yourself yeah. because you're trying to prepare for it. So you're looking at every single little thing as a huge thing. When in reality, 10 years ago, most of the stuff like wouldn't have, when I was 19, I spent a summer in Kenya, which borders Somalia. And this is close to the time when Somali pirates were, you know, this is, you know, they were taking over Tom Cruise's boat and stuff. 
And so, not Tom Cruise, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Cruise, you don't know. Little known fact. <laughs> he did his own stunts. He got out of there, man. You don't mess with Tom Cruise's boat. That's true. You've never seen him get boat jacked. True. Toughen up, Tom Hanks. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so I go over there, and it's like the people who are running, the, and I was helping with the summer camp over there, and they were like, don't bring your computer. Uh, we want you to be focused and invested with the kids. You know, you're not going to use your cell phone much. And we have flip phones back then. But yeah. yeah, you didn't use your cell phone at all. I mean, yeah. You didn't even think you took your cell phone. I might not have. No, I don't think you did. Yeah, but it's almost like you, because you have the option now of being totally connected, it changes the, the burden of, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, FaceTime and stuff. Yeah. But it was nice to, to be away and to have that. You know, that time away. Oh, yeah. I miss that. Like, I mm-hmm. miss being completely disconnected and removed. Mm-hmm. Because now, I mean, I went to Italy last November. And it was like, open your phone and turn on your data. And it's $10 for that 24-hour period. So you might as well just use it as much as you can. Mm. So you could text or whatever if your phone call is more expensive. But it's... And then you think, oh, 10 bucks, That's not that bad. And I, you're still so connected. And even with Wi-Fi and all that, like... Yeah, there's a certain, like, uh, you know, I guess the benefit of that is you, you're in a different country, but you still feel connected to things that are comfortable mm-hmm. through the portal of your phone. Yeah. yeah. Whereas it used to be, it's like, holy cow, you know, you're just disoriented and you're, yeah. and there's certain skills that you have to activate and develop in that kind of situation that yeah. you might not now. I think, because I traveled a lot when I was younger, like I started going out of the country when I was 14 and I went to Mexico for the first time for two weeks. YOLO. And Yeah. <laughs> Not that kind of trip. (laughs) (laughs) We were building an orphanage. (laughs) (laughs) Painted an orphanage. Um, You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But then, I mean, at such a young age, I realized what it meant to kind of like, in a very minor sense, depend on myself and to be plucked out of what was easy and normal and comforting and be put in a situation that was like, I am sleeping on in a sleeping bag on the floor and mm-hmm. I have no air conditioning for two weeks and I have to take a cold shower and I have to eat whatever food is served to me. I think that developed a lot of character it's great for in you. me yeah. and I loved it. So I like my siblings went to summer camp and I tried to go out of the country as much as I could because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to be fully disconnected where they were disconnected in a different way because they went to summer camp and couldn't have their cell phones at like 10 years old. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they wrote letters and that kind of stuff. And they had parents weekend to come and visit them. But I just was like, my parents couldn't come see me. Like you I know. was completely removed. It stinks. Cause like you, you want to preserve that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. my experience at least leading, cause I would lead these group youth trips when I was at Briarwood yeah. and over the time when I was there, it went from no cell phones allowed on these trips. We want to be focused and bonding to like, you know, parents going like, uh, uh-uh, uh, my kid's gonna have his cell phone. So it was really the parents more so than the kids oh, that allowed yeah. that that yeah, forced yeah. that shift. Yeah, which was frustrating because like, as parents, you're like, you're you grew up and you know what it's like to, you know how this is beneficial. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, because it used to be like you can't bring your Walkman or your you know all this stuff because we're gonna yeah, commun- no music, no nothing. Yeah, like- and it's like forget it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember my dad having to confiscate people's portable CD players mm. at, at Bible yeah. camp. Yeah, stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what they're listening to. No, just across the board. Okay. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like, let me listen. Yep, I'm taking that up. <laughs> I was listening to um, a podcast uh, not too long ago, and it was talking about something similar where this guy went um, to this really small, quaint little town, and 
he said he, he went there every 10 years for like three years. And he was doing a study on like neighborhood safety or something. And he said, <laughs> when I listened to it, I was like, this sounds so creepy, but I'm thinking in a very like nowadays mindset. And he said he went and he sat in a park and he watched the kids and he, <laughs> <laughs> sounds creepy. yeah, no, I do it um, all the time. Totally <laughs> normal. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said, but I would watch, you know, I'd sit there every single day and I would see like where the kids came from, where they went home, how long they played. Like, and in, I think this was like in the, hmm. he went like the seventies, eighties, nineties, and like he went every 10 years. And he said it went from these kids playing and being outside from dawn until dusk to having time restrictions. Mm. And then very monitored as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And then he said he went back pretty recently and there was literally no children at the park at all without parental supervision, which meant there were almost no kids at all. And he went around every single year and like talked to families and stuff and parents about um, like, why aren't you letting your kids play? And he talked to this one guy who was actually one of the kids he watched in like the seventies and um, he's now a parent. Mm. And he said, well, nowadays you just don't know. And um, he's like, I'm so concerned about like someone might come and take the children. So there's a perception that's driving it. Even though in reality, those rates are falling. In reality, he looked at the crime statistics Mm -hmm. for the town and he said, it's actually safer than it was then. Totally. But everyone's preparing for the worst and he's like, now you're so much more aware of things that can happen mm-hmm. that you try and prepare for the things that are honestly kind of unlikely. So there's like a movement like free range kids. I think it's called, there's a website free range kids dot something and a book too, I believe, but it, they're, they're pushing back against that. And they're, they're by these social scientists who are coming yeah. out with data about here's what makes kids strong and resilient. Yeah. Let them play unsupervised. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's been a wild world kind of dip. We, we just found out we're having our first kid. And um, yeah, and so it's been crazy kind of all these things that we'll t- like talk about in passing. And now we're like, oh my gosh, we have to decide how we're going to yeah. parent our kid, yeah. you know, like yeah. in, a, in it, you know, it's crazy just thinking like, yeah, we have to keep our kids safe, but also equip her. And also yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, it's so uh, daunting. Yes. And I, I've even heard someone pose the the dilemma as like you can either you can either keep your kids safe or you can make them strong yeah. and you have to kind of decide which one you're going to do not and not that they're totally mutually exclusive but there are those situations where you kind of have to decide mm. yeah uh, I, I yeah excited to have I can't either <laughs> I know I because Caitlin who I share a shop space with um at Dreamer Supply She's pregnant and going to have her second baby in December. So we talk about this kind of stuff a decent bit. Mm -hmm. And she's trying as hard as she can to like, uh, I think they do a really good job at parenting so far with their first one. Who's he's just about two years old, but um, I don't know. Just thinking in those terms is not foreign enough for me not to understand, but I'm not in that same place. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of, I'm still thinking of the, ifs ands what ifs what up you know and and there's nothing tangible for me to connect it with it's nice almost to have that objective space yeah Mm -hmm. you know because some people you know the people will just shut you down and go well you you'll understand when you're you know but like there's something to having that space and being able to think philosophically about it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, it is kind of cool thinking through like all the years we spent 
you know, married without kids. And we have talked so much about one day when we have kids, it's like, we do kind of have sort of like a framework, mm-hmm. you know, of stuff we've really thought through of like, we're really going to try to do this. And we're gonna that we try, wouldn't yeah. have if we'd gotten pregnant right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, we kind of wanted to, and then it just so, just so happened that we didn't get pregnant until now. And so, I mean, it's kind of cool to think like, man, it's, you know, yeah, we've had so much time to soak in information from our parents and our almost all of our friends that right. are parents. And, you know, it's fascinating watching watching your friends become parents and navigate this whole world. And then it's like, yeah. okay, we're about to jump into that world. Yeah. And Getting to go down to the park and just watch kids <laughs> for, for decades and uh, do some research. Yeah. <laughs> Follow them home, see where they live. Yeah, where they live, <laughs> what they wear, what they eat. <laughs> Who their friends are. Yeah. What they're they're at handle is or oh safety. Yeah. yeah. You're just it's, oh, you're man. doing it for the community. Doing it for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. For the kids. I feel like we you know, when you reached out and you're like thinking about some mistakes and I was like, We could talk about marital mistakes and you were like, What? Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I I think it like marriage is something we really love and have learned a lot about and especially in our communication, I feel like there are thousands of little micro mistakes yeah. that we're mm-hmm. always constantly trying to tweak, tweak, tweak to make our communication well, relationship with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, the constant thing. So even if it is a marital mistake, it's still very applicable to anybody who's in either romantic or just a friendship relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because communication is key. It's everything. <laughs> it is everything. Communication literally is everything. Yeah. Is. Honesty, communication, speaking clearly. And that's been like, so a big thing we've learned about that is my personality when we met was pretty, I mean, I might have been bipolar. There's a, you know, a good chance looking back at it. I think he was just like at a crossroads deciding kind of what what his outlook about other people was going to be, really. you know? Yeah, would it be highly critical and judgmental and I know the right things about everything? Because with previous girlfriends prior to Casey that did not measure up, um, I would, you know, we do like these like periodical... Uh, define the relationship things dtrs right yeah yeah sorry for the people who didn't know the lingo for you non-millennials out there those Um, baby boomers we got listening yeah Yeah. and so you know maybe like every three months and i remember like talking to this girlfriend one time and i did this with a couple girlfriends but hey how are things going and she'd be like yeah, I guess things are going pretty good, you know, and I'd be like, all right, well, here are 10 things that are really ticking me off, and I'd have, you know, so I would, <laughs> I'd be like, I would be like making a little list of yeah. things, and I'm like, all right, here, 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 you know, all it's the like, you're doing this is strictly wrong. business, but, you know, here are the things that you are doing wrong, Yeah, like, isn't that what we're supposed to do in this, you know, <laughs> instead of, like, dealing with things as they come, of like, hey, that was a uh, slightly annoying FYI, um, and that could just be me, but, um, but I think Casey and I have gotten a lot better at that communication, because, you know, early on, it was like I would, we'd present or be working on some sort of issue and we would just sit in a car in silence for like two hours while she was trying to form words. Which is so interesting. It was such a, I mean, I feel like meeting Brandon was such an interesting uh, turning point in my life. Just sort of like a lot of self reflection happened because I'm normally like very outgoing, very unconcerned about sharing my opinion. Like I'm pretty free with my thoughts and, you know, I'm not really super self like, uh, critical or (laughs) (laughs) I mean maybe I think I learned a lot of self-awareness from Brandon he's like why do you do this I'm like I don't know I'll think about it but no it's good it's good (laughs) grew up some this is great but um yeah the uh okay but now I lost my train of thought but oh yeah so I just you know but then something about meeting Brandon I like at the beginning sort of slowly shifted into this kind of person that was like 
never said what I thought and kind of really clammed up for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was just, we were both, I mean, we were, I was 18 when we met and, you know, and so we were like, we were just little kids kind of starting to get to know each other. And, but it was super interesting. The things about Brandon that maybe, you know, ended some of his first relationships or not that that was all that ended them, but you know what I mean? I ended them (laughs) on purpose. But um, it really ended up except for Lindsay. (laughs) She broke up with me. (laughs) We talk about Lindsay all the time. No, I'm kidding. I don't even remember. I don't know. It was only a two week relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I started dating. You didn't measure up in that two weeks. Yeah, Yeah. I guess not. Um, Started dating right before prom, which put a whole lot of pressure Uh because after prom, you know, it's like, what are we supposed to, you know, are we supposed to like kiss or hold hands or whatever? (laughs) And uh, she just ignored me the whole night at the oh, after party, oh and uh, she broke up with me like the next day. So sad. Bummer. She yeah. just wanted a date. But uh, she just, oh, she just wanted a prom date. I hadn't thought of that. Tall prom date. Whoa, but um, yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, but anyway, I don't know. So I feel like just uh, Brandon's kind of criticalness shifted me into this weird space where I started to be really self-critical, and we eventually kind of got over that. We had like a nice come to Jesus meeting about both of our stances where Brandon, we kind of had this, the only time we ever almost broke up. It was like only a few months into our relationship. And I feel like it kind of helped me at least recognize like, Oh, I've become kind of this person that's sort of a clam and kind of, I don't like that. I don't want to be like that. And Brandon doesn't want me to be like that. So how can we work together to not create that like scenario? But yeah, we had this where Brandon was like, ask me a question about what I thought about this event we had attended. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Cool, and he was like, "We have to talk." And so we go into this like, <laughs> go into this classroom, this empty classroom. And he's like, "Listen, if you don't have, if you just like don't have any of your own opinions and like can't like you know share anything, then like maybe we shouldn't date." And then I finally—I don't remember this happening. I remember honestly. it very clearly. <laughs> that sounds really it, intense. Well, it was. It was. It was like I feel like it was the only time I can ever yeah. remember us like you know where it was like we were both just sort of like mad at each other in like oh, a way where it was okay. like, "Should we like are we you know is this right or whatever?" Yeah. And then I think it finally kicked me out of kind of this weird like world I had you know gotten myself into because I am a, definitely a people pleaser and I think Brandon was the first guy that I was interested in that had his personality type I think before all my boyfriends have been a lot more like me just sort of like nice. whatever nice you know really nice <laughs> no no but just kind of like not that not not very serious which I think is kind of not not serious but just like it was just kind of why I think we were just so similar and I drifted apart so we're Brandon Brandon and I, so it kicked me kind of out and I was like, well, I feel like I can't share anything because you're so judgmental. And then the best thing about Brandon mm. is that he immediately was like, really? Okay. Like, you know, he did, he never like. Cause I apply, apply that to myself as well. That same critical spirit, which can be, you know, very bad obviously sometimes, yeah. but. Yeah. But I feel like other guys would be like, no, I'm not. But he was like, whoa, okay. I didn't know that that was how I come across or how and then and it was like you know not an immediate complete you know life change but for both of us I think I was like yeah I'm not like that normally I'm not a I I say what I think and I have opinions but it was like yeah Brandon you know stuck it out with me where he would ask me a question and then he would sit there because I'm a very internal processor even though I talk a lot and um and he would sit in the car while I would like stare into the corner in silence trying to formulate the sentence I was really meaning because I also don't like to say things that I then have to take back, yeah. you know? And so yeah. I, so there was a lot of that yeah. and it would be, you know, two hours of silence and then <laughs> like eventually down literally. to like an hour and then to 30 <laughs> minutes. And now it's pretty yeah, immediate, you can, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I know what I feel, but it's, yeah. yeah, it was a, but it was really interesting that that was like, you know, something that I feel like we're so strong in now we were just absolutely terrible at when yeah. we first started dating. We well, also so were, interesting. you know, children, babies. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And that time in your life is like, such a pivotal moment for so many reasons like you started dating him three weeks after you started college (laughs) like if you think about that it's shocking yeah how 
how aware you thought you were of the world and how much you thought you knew yourself. (laughs) And you realize in those moments that you start to conform to what you think someone else wants you to be. Yeah. And in reality, you're like, I know that this isn't truly who I am. Yeah. But you need someone to be like, there's something off here for you to even realize that because you're just trying to, you have so many changes in your life. You're trying to balance every single thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know, because I, I definitely did the same exact thing, mm-hmm. you know, when I was 18 years old and I started dating someone and I was just, who do you want me to be? Yeah. What, how can I be what you need me to be? And it turned out a lot differently for me and went down a really bad path. Yeah. But from that, I mean, years later, I learned a lot about myself and how to be more self-aware and also, because I'm a very internal processor, mm-hmm. like extremely mm-hmm. internal. And I don't like saying things that I don't, I can't stand behind 100%. Mm-hmm. And so it does take me a long time to process, especially in those situations. Yeah. Um, but I think that once you start to get to know yourself in those, they obviously do get the, t- the amount of time gets shorter and shorter. Yeah. But that's, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are like that. Yeah. And to know that it's okay and that that's part of like growing and learning and learning about yourself and mm-hmm. being willing to accept not criticism, but guidance or like, kind of some of those harsh words because I'm also a very sensitive type of person so if someone was like you're doing this and you're not like why are you acting this way and why are you not telling me how you actually feel then mm. I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'll tell you exactly how I feel because I'm trying to like <laughs> make up for it and then it's yeah. like exactly the opposite happens right where that's not what they wanted they just wanted just be honest just be honest about yourself and who you are mm. yeah 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 and I think we try to stay aware of other couples uh and just mistakes that they make and try to learn from those because you you know people that don't get the communication Mm -hmm. part down and you see that extrapolated over 30 years and it's like oh i don't want that to happen Mm -hmm. to us yeah definitely yeah it's strange to be like we uh, they call covenant the marriage mill on the hill because like Mm. lots of people get married really young and even people that i knew outside of covenant got married young and it's so weird to be yeah Mm -hmm. it's weird to be only almost 30 and already have so many friends who have been married once or twice you know like Mm -hmm. where it's uh yeah i mean it's I feel like it has definitely, we've, we think we definitely realized early on, like we have to be really aware of, we, we're going to have to work. We have to work really, really yeah. hard on this, especially cause you know, we're getting married. We got married yeah. at 21. So it was like, yeah. we have a long time to be married and we're planning to only be married to each other. So yeah. we got to like be so hyper aware of, you know, of which our, path we're going down. That's right. Like aware of our individual capacities to be able to sink the ship. Yeah. Like both of us possess that ability. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon's been talking a lot recently about this. Who, who's the guy, uh, that you've been listening to lately? Yeah. Jo- Jocko, Jocko Willing about extreme ownership. Yeah. And I feel like that's just like, it's a great, uh, like framework for how we've been kind of always kind of been thinking about it, mm. but then it's like, Oh, this is really the path that we feel like we're, is really helpful where it's just, I don't know. You can explain it probably better. Than yeah. Me, just that, this guy, Jocko is a uh, former Navy SEAL and uh, he was a Navy SEAL commander worked in the, uh, SEAL teams. But anyway, he talks about leadership and stuff, but the extreme ownership idea is basically like, in any sort of thing, rather than initially placing blame on someone else, always say, what is it that I did? Like, even if your spouse is annoying, it's like, this is my fault that they're annoying to me. Yeah. What, and why is that? What, what have I allowed to become annoying to me? Right. Uh, or, you know, this, like I, the other day, I'd walked by this pile of laundry for like the 50th <laughs> time, that pile of you know, towels that Casey had on the floor yep. for the last two months or something. I know our basement is where our laundry is. And to me, it's just like, it's down there. You don't have to think about out it. Side, it's been there for mind. months. I mean, like it's been awful. I'm, I'm awful. So yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so, so trying to apply this kind of extreme ownership idea, it was like, 
you know, this is my house. Like I could, I could continue to be resentful for the next like two months <laughs> or infinity, just walking by the, these towels. He's not wrong. Yeah. And like make like little passive aggressive comments or whatever. It's like, or I could just like go, this is my house. I want it to be clean, whatever. I'm going to go do the laundry, dry it. And I'll bring it up and ask Casey to help me fold it or whatever. Which to me was like so interesting. Cause I, cause to me, I'm like, it's downstairs. It's out of sight, out of mind. And I didn't know it was bothering him. So I yeah, mean, yeah. to me, I was like, it would have stayed there for so much longer, but yeah. because he just did it and he didn't like yell at me for it. I was like, Oh, I didn't know that you noticed that was there. I'll go do the rest of it. You know, yeah. like, I mean, so it's definitely, it was just such a nice way without there having to be some kind of confrontation just cause he was like, I'll just do it. And then I noticed, Oh, he did, did the laundry. That was my laundry down there. I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I, you know, it just wasn't on my radar. It probably should have been. I think another wasn't. form, <laughs> another form of that that we've tried to do in our relationship is like, don't do, don't ask the other person to do something that you could do for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's been really helpful. It's like if we're, because you know, those build up little resentments of like, instantly in your mind, you're like, why don't you, why aren't you doing this? You know, right. hey, will you grab that for me? It's like your legs work fine. You know, <laughs> so it's like if, if you can do it, do it. You know, and I don't know. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah, I feel like if you the the more you can like place autonomy on like give yeah. your partner autonomy and not kind of like, you know, yeah, ask asking for things or building like a, you know, need and connection where you actually need it, and then kind of giving them space to just like you know, be themselves and not constantly thinking like what am I doing wrong? What am I you know what do I need to be like performing at? And just more like if there really is a need that arises, I trust my person to tell me you know because mm -hmm. it's actually it's not a small thing it's a big thing you know I feel like Brandon's good at he's gotten really good at not I don't know harping on small things which is something I feel like I see a lot of I don't know I feel like a lot of women that I know get kind of like they always feel like they're just doing things wrong yeah mm. I feel pretty blessed that I'm not you know well, Brandon doesn't constantly make me feel like that you know kind of to me it goes back to like what you're saying about why does that thing bug me mm -hmm. because it's like you leaving that laundry there or you leaving that glass on the table or something for mm -hmm. how, far too long in your mind. Why is that bothering me? What do I need to do about it? Is that my, should I just pick it up and take it to the sink myself or should I wait for them or should I communicate with them? It's, I don't know. I think looking at yourself first yeah. and looking at why is that striking emotion up in me? Yeah. And then starting to relate it to the other person. Cause the teacher in me goes like, if I do this for them, they're never going to learn. Right. She yeah. needs to develop the ability to be able to do this <laughs> but herself. But it's a lesson that she doesn't even know that she needs to learn. Yeah, then exactly. it's not an actual lesson. Yeah, like in the if you had place. left the laundry there, I would have never learned. Yeah. yeah. Do the laundry sooner. I would have been like, great, I didn't have to do that for <laughs> that's months. A, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm winning, you know? So it's, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was such a positive way of learning the lesson instead of someone yeah. being like, because I also am not super like a, I feel like, you know, I'm the kind of person if someone's like, you should do this. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, hey, you need to work out more. It's like, Psh, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, probably not. So, yeah. I mean, you know, and I mean, that's not a good thing about my personality, but it, it, you know, it was just like, man, that was such a, that was such a good way for me to be reminded, Casey, do the laundry, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. But I mean, even with laundry, like, it seems like the way we've never really talked about hey, what are we going to do for laundry? I think I've just done my laundry. You yeah, do your and laundry. I do mine, but my difference is I leave mine <laughs> by yeah. the laundry machine for so long. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Hmm. So, there you go, a lot of marriage yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's really encouraging, though, to hear how far you guys have come because mm -hmm. you did meet so young, you got married so young, and like you said, it doesn't always work out, and in the South especially, 
being almost 30 years old, it it's just crazy how many people like, I mean, I was married and I'm not married anymore. Mm-hmm. And I got married at 21, met him at 18. Mm-hmm. So it's like exactly the same thing. And sure. all the things that you're talking about are issues that we had, mm-hmm. but he wasn't willing. And I'm not trying to place blame on one person or the other, but I was too self-sacrificing and mm-hmm. he wasn't mm-hmm. sacrificing at all. Yeah. So he wasn't aware enough to be like, why is this bothering me? Is it, is it me or is it, is it you? Mm -hmm. And so to hear people who are my same age, kind of where I would have been Mm. in a different life is really encouraging to hear like you. And I know several other married couples who got married so young and you have to work through so much more Mm -hmm. than you realize. Mm -hmm. And every single relationship you have to work through a lot, even if you get together later in life, because now I'm so set in some of my ways, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm almost 30 that it's going to be a lot different. I'm going to have different issues right. of trying to deal with another person who's set in their ways as well. Um, but you guys have already changed probably three times since you've gotten married because you started as children and now you're about to be parents. Yeah. So y'all have grown so much and it's really inspiring and cool to see that mm. you guys are willing to take each change as it comes and to grow and to learn and not to get bogged down behind the change that needs to occur. That's well, I'm glad that's encouraging. Yeah. yeah, I forget what there was maybe a theologian that said, My wife's been married to three men, all of them me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's how we feel for Definitely, sure. Definitely, yeah. It's de- it's fascinating to think, like, man, if I could just sit in like next to each other in a room, Brandon now and Brandon, when I met him, I bet it would just be like, What? Be a fist fight. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be fascinating. And same with me, I mean, it's like when I think about little. Casey that it's Man. just so interesting to think about how yeah how many different us's we've yeah politically emotionally yeah. spiritually yeah. just yeah physically haircuts we've had some talk about mistakes that's right, here we go. <laughs> now the podcast that's can start. where that's 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 it we've landed there you guys Bro, when I met Casey she had like a short pixie cut like kind of bleach blonde almost. No, it was, it was black it was when I met yeah, you it was yeah, like some highlights yeah with some highlights pulled it through the cap <laughs> and my mom, you know, like if you have a mom that does hair, yeah, my like, mom was a hairdresser. And they're gonna, Brandon's mom was pretty. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was pretty hairdressery as well. Yeah, moms that do hair get freaky on their kids. Well, she, my mom, <laughs> my mom only did that to me, and it's because both of my little sisters have like beautiful hair, and my hair is like mousy brown. So I remember she like never what? would let them dye their hair, but I, I was allowed to dye my hair since I was like eleven. It's so funny. Sound like some Crayola right there. I'm just saying, <laughs> mousy brown, mousy brown. I'm telling you, my mom. Yeah, my mom used to. I know she didn't mean it mean. She'll be like honey i didn't mean it like that when she hears this but she calls my hair dishwater blonde i'm like that is oh, so <laughs> sweet <laughs> but anyway yeah. so i always just had that's weird almost racist that's so mean. <laughs> oh man but um yeah so yeah we, we had some haircuts yeah so right after we met i had short like a short black pixie cut brandon had kind of shoulder length black curly hair and mm. um and then we were like let's wavy. get crazy and so yeah, yeah. just kind of wavy so we gave brandon dreadlocks and yeah, man. they didn't work super well <laughs> but they were there he, <laughs> he kind of looked exactly like this uh my neighbor from when I was younger and her name was Kelly. She was this really cute little black girl and Brandon looked just you like know, her. I looked like I was ready to hop some scotch. <laughs> and then I, uh, my, my hair had grown out just enough that I permed it for some reason, oh. even though it was still really short. And then I was like, what oh, year I'm, was this? This was t- just for some context. Like, perms were not cool. Okay. Yeah, no, but I mean, it also didn't make any sense. My hair was like three inches long. And then I was like, I look exactly like my grandma. I know I'll just bleach it blonde. And so I bleached it blonde. And so I just ended up having this like puffy Orange. poodle, 
orangey blonde hair. Yeah. And Brandon had these little kid dreadlocks. The first time I met her extended family, <laughs> like for Thanksgiving. Oh, he boy. came to Thanksgiving. I came home. My whole extended southern Birmingham family. I had the dreadlock things. <laughs> I'm sure they were and like. They weren't long and down my back. Like I thought my hair was long enough to do them. But once you put them like, in. They're, like, they're short. No. They were like several inches. <laughs> They looked like little gummy worms. Wasn't even hitting my shoulders. So we looked (laughs) so ratchet. It was terrible. But oh my god. And like you know, my mom, I come home with this. She's like, oh my gosh, what have you done? And she's like, well, if you're gonna do it, let me help. And then she helps, you know. And when I cut the dreadlocks, because eventually my head got infected. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Dude, some, like, hippie dude gave me some vegetable shampoo to use in it. He was like, get my ass, go for it. Oh, man. um, But, like, there was a part I couldn't really get to, like, in cleaning it. And uh, so I got, like, an ingrown hair, you know. And it was hurting to even see the fa- your face. <laughs> <laughs> no, that for real though. Also, Brandon always smelled like vegetable shampoo. Which, you know, Ooh, that's not bad. Weird. It was bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> really sounds weird. But yeah, so like eventually, like I couldn't even sleep. It was hurting so bad and like throbbing in the back of my head. And um, so we cut it off. And then my mom kept them and put them in a shadow box like you would for like <gasps> butterflies. Yeah. And Why? arranged them into like a samurai warrior face. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing it's, ever in the whole yeah, world. Yeah, no, welcome. <laughs> And it's, yes. like, it's like still on her bookshelf in her dining room. It's in the freaking dining room. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. So. Gosh. But yeah, so we cut off his dreadlocks and my perm had gotten cut off by then. Because luckily when your hair is a pixie cut, you cut it all the time. And so then we dyed my hair back brown and we were like, whoo, okay. <laughs> we still had some, you know, times throughout the, oh well, we just had some interesting phases. Yeah. yeah. Still working through some. <laughs> giving the mullet a shot here. So. <laughs> See how it goes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, mm. that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Are we supposed to say that? Is that part of the thing? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. That's incredible. Mm. And then you roll like the the ending music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Perfect timing. Do y'all have any plugs? Yeah, mm. Instagrams. Yeah, um, I'll tell you about my wife's Instagram <laughs> at Casey uh, Snipes. Right. Hype Casey man. Snipes. Yep. Very beautiful. <laughs> She's really thought through her Instagram layout. She's got <laughs> these. It's colorful uh, little dots that you can click on the top that are like in individual groupings of uh, story, previous <laughs> stories. Oh. And they're color-coded and they match the color scheme of her feet. You're making me sound really lame. <laughs> and there's lots of cats and lots of but flowers. Really I am so good at Instagram. <laughs> and uh, soon to be probably like too many like roll your eyes uh, baby themed things. Yeah, so. if you're not into babies, probably just don't <laughs> come my way. <laughs> this is an unplug for those people you don't <laughs> want to follow me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then also the I think the f- the one that's fun funner to follow is Trixie Vintage. So that's yeah. T-R-X-I vintage. I had to, you know, do that thing where you spell it weird so that no one ever can find you on the internet or, yeah, yeah, it's great. It was such a good move. That was a mistake. <laughs> like, are you Turksy vintage? I'm like, so close. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. people be like, I met, I, met your, I met your wife Trixie the other day. Oh, yeah. So many people in Birmingham call me Trixie now. I kind of like it. I like those people. Like, I, this woman that uh, would shop at my store, I saw her at Target there, and she was like, oh, Trixie. I was like, kind of. Yeah, like, I'll take it. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, Trixie, Trixie Vintage. Yeah, you can find us at Dreamers now. And then, yeah, fo- yeah follow along for the pop-up schedule. Manitou always does an awesome uh, market about four times a year, so we're doing that soon, their fall market, and then I'm sure they'll have a winter and spring and summer. All of the, all the <laughs> seasons. a season. <laughs> four times a year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then Brandon's. Brandon has many. Uh, he has many accounts you can follow for his uh, 
for his uh, workout persona. Yes, he's compartmentalized. <laughs> One of my former students said that he had a dream that there was like multiple versions of me. And I was like, like that's reality. because of Instagram problem. Um, but yeah, so he has, as a, at Coach Snipes is his kind of, that's the one that I feel like is kind of your most oh. everyday life. What a weird conversation we're having right now. I know, this is know. super weird. <laughs> this is weird. Let's just you say. You know, true millennials, this is what our conversations know what's are up. about. I, guess so. I don't know, that's guess true, so. but whatever, that's uh, true because that's yours. And then you have B Snipes, which B Snipes. Yeah, B Snipes music, music is my music stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I do music under the alias B Snipes and play with a few other bands, Mary Golden, Transistor, and... Um, fill in for Oxford Con sometimes but anyway that all goes through the music thing mm-hmm. and then the studio is a fun one to follow because you see all these cool cats going into record music uh four birds recording is that one at four birds recording yeah he started doing this really fun uh kind of video series on his youtube called four birds sessions and he's had all these awesome musicians come through and kind of play a song in our in our studio which is in our basement that the guy before us we don't know if it was like his trophy room or but it's like this wood paneled with like yellow shag carpeting shelves it's really it's awesome it's really fun but um yeah that's that's been fun i mean i've loved watching those and i hear them being recorded through our floorboards so (laughs) i think it's i think it's awesome yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's all i desire to plug that's all there is. We don't yeah. have anything else. <laughs> Got a few other things. I'm keep, them, keep it on the back burner. Yeah, yeah. The, so uh, follow those Instagrams in order to find out what those right. things are. Yes. Right yeah. Yep. Right. Smart. Mm-hmm. Get that follower. Yeah. Yeah. How about you guys? What's anything y'all trying to plug? <laughs> <laughs> like I, don't one way so. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Bye. 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 <laughs> this is a mistake. I forget who told me this, but they said millennials can be divided into two categories, pre-Malone and post-Malone. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I think I'm pre-Malone. Yeah. I'm pre. Yeah. It's